Well, hey there, everyone. Welcome back to Game Store Profits, the show where geeks and God collide. This is episode 24, two dozen. My name is Luke Navarro. And, and now I we have am Mike Perna. It's Mr. Mike Perna. Mr. Yes. Mike Perna now. No longer Master Mike Perna. Mr. Mike Perna. Mr. Mike Perna. Freshly wed. Yeah. How are you doing, Mike? Yeah. I gotta tell you, man, for one thing I'll definitely say about marriage is the fact that I'm now tired. Because the, ever since I got married, you know, going on two weeks ago, my, my wife, which it's real fun to say that still, my, <laughs> my wife my wife goes to bed really, really early. And so I usually go to bed at, within, you know, spitting distance of that time she goes to bed. Well, I've been going to bed earlier and earlier in this recording time. Man, I used to just not even blink. Now I'm like, man, Luke better call me soon. If I'm otherwise, I'm not going to be able to do this. I actually, my kids were like, could we read another chapter? And I thought, mm, that's probably not a good plan tonight. <laughs> mm, daddy's got to do some recording. <laughs> so you, uh, you have been wed. You have been honeymooned. True. And you've been steampunked I since we last spoke. Oh my goodness, have I been steampunked. I've been good in steampunked. Now we, uh, as you, uh, as I kind of announced before, I got into the whole "I'm not going to be here for a while" phase of things. Um, there was the wedding, but before there was the wedding, there was the World's Fair, and I have to say that the World's Fair this year brought back some of the excitement of that first year because we were actually in a hotel that not only liked us and wanted us there, but, like, courted us. Because the guys at the front desk were wearing vests and goggles. Like, they were embracing the fact that we were there. So nice. that's it, cool. Yeah, the whole the whole vibe was different than last year when we were at the hotel that pretty much wanted us gone. Um, So, yeah, it, it was really cool. There was a whole courtyard of fun stuff. There was... A bit of of an obnoxiousness, which I, I can't really fault the guys who run this. They're basically providing the entertainment that people are asking for. But there, you know, the, uh, there was a bit of a vibe between the authors that they kind of got got the shaft, as it were, because the authors were kind of shoved into this little room or that little room while everything else was going on at the fair. But um, yeah, take take that away, take away the, the little snafu there. I can say that. I'm very excited about the fact that not only did I get to see uh, the, the authors that I, I love to see every year of uh, T. Morris and Pip Ballantyne, not only have they agreed at, don't quote me on when, but they have agreed to come on our show oh, and, do cool. an inter- and do an interview with us. We're going to work out the details of that. So, uh, T. Pip, if you're listening, I, I'm not quoting a time. Um, but... Um, they actually handed me their newest book, The Janus Affair, which literally, if I'm not mistaken, came out earlier this week or the week previous. They handed it to me and said, this is a free copy, and it was before the book had even been released. Oh, that's cool. So I was super happy about that. I got an amazing uh, steampunk children's book, and it was fun just to see a bunch of children hovering around listening about a, a, a clockwork robot. And I was very excited about that, and I took that one home because I, I walked up to the author and said, I'm getting married, and someday we have, we plan to have children, and if I have anything to say about it, my children will sit down and listen to steampunk fiction. <laughs> so uh, I got. I also came away with, I, I, I always allow myself uh, one major purchase. Have you ever figured this out, Luke? Like, you go to one of these events, For and sure. you don't want to... 
There's lots of pretty around, so you kind of limit yourself. Right. And I'll tell you what, steampunk pretty? Cha-ching! Oh my goodness, is it expensive. No, it is wicked expensive, Um, but it's worth it. I mean, it's all handcrafted stuff, it's all really well done. But, yeah, so I I went and I got myself a new cane for my collection. Oh, very cool. It is a, a wonderful... Is that, uh, the, uh, is that the cane that I've uh, seen a picture of? If it's the cane you see in a picture of my on my Facebook page uh, of me dancing out at our wedding, I holding did? it, then yes, that, that is, is that so cane. That is so cool. That is so cool. So, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was a, a ton of fun. I got to meet even more people. Uh, it's really fun. I got to be vicariously famous for a couple minutes. Um, there's a, a, an amazingly talented costume guy who does, he does this epic cosplay. He does, uh, production stuff. He, he's a, just an awesome dude. Um, I, I've known him from previous years, but I haven't actually, like, met him and talked to him. His name's John Strangeway, and that is not a made-up name. That is his actual, legit last name. And, uh, he is commonly referred to amongst the steampunk, uh, community as Steampunk Boba Fett. Of course. But uh, when I got to talk to him, I talked with him about a project that he's been a part of, and I I believe he's either uh, the major player or a major player in the the creation of a little uh, web series uh, that's referred to as Remnant, and it is really cool. Um, If you guys want to go check that out, uh, the website, I believe, is remnantneedsyou.com. And uh, it's it's right now it's three very short but very powerful episodes. You can find them on YouTube. And uh, I got to talk with him about the costumes that he wears and the punishment that he puts himself through by wearing that stuff. Because he doesn't make, like, comfortable costumes. He makes, like, full uh, hardcore battle armor and a helmet that I swear mu- he must... He must drop, like, five pounds carrying all this gear around at at conventions all over the country. But uh, he's a real cool dude. I actually got to sit there and talk with him, but I was vicariously famous because as I was talking to him, I think, honestly, like, a dozen different people came up to take pictures. But they they wanted to take pictures of him, but because he was talking to me, we both ended up getting pictures taken. (laughs) So thanks, John, for making me famous. But yeah, no, it was it was a ton of fun. I love the, the steampunk community. I absolutely adore seeing these people and hanging out and just uh there there's a certain vibe about the place. It's just it just makes it makes it feel like family. Well, and think, uh yeah, I think that's one of the coolest things. And steampunk, but maybe cosplay in general, but I think steampunk if it's cosplay in general, it's steampunk in specific that it's actually a craft. It's oh, an yeah. art form to do this stuff, and that's pretty cool. You know, so often as fans of geeky stuff, we're passive. But steampunk fans aren't passive. They're active creators and part of the community. No, you you would be absolutely amazed at the, the stuff that comes through. And while some of it is just like, I bought this from this guy, or I bought this from this guy, a lot of it is, I was in my garage, and I had this box, and I wanted to do something with it. So I made it into this. And even if it is, I bought this from this guy, I bought this from this guy, they are crafting a character. Oh, yeah. And, you know, oh. so often, you know, it's one thing to dress up like a superhero or like a, a stormtrooper, but it's a whole other thing to craft your own persona. And I'm very excited. This year, I uh, I kind of put aside my Tinker character persona, mostly because his signature piece was a 
three and a half foot tall wrench that they wouldn't let me bring into the building. Um, it's funny how a big giant piece of iron can be classified as a weapon very quickly. Um, it, it is hard to argue with that particular it, you know, I, administrative I really, decision. I couldn't really fault them for it because having, you know, because you give me a large piece of iron, I'm going to swing it. And yeah, it, it'll do damage. So <laughs> currently it's sitting in the apartment. But um, I'm thinking we're going to need some like Mythbusters action ballistics gel dummy smash to, footage to see what kind of damage I can do with that thing. I, yeah, I think it, that would be interesting. I would love to make that happen. Let me get my hands on some ballistics gel and we'll see what we can do. But um, no, I'm actually very excited because of the character that I'm I'm, I'm already coming up with for uh, next year. Um, and it's fun because part of the reason I'm bringing it up is one because it's a fun idea, and two because it's very Game Store Profits appropriate to mention him. Um, he he basically has been spawned from this idea. Like I wanted to to make myself a preacher, but I didn't want to do the, the typical Victorian preacher because, quite frankly, I don't like the typical Victorian preacher. <laughs> there is that. Um, Tell however, me you're there- going like full on traveling salesman style preacher yes and no um i traveling yes salesman no i was a traveling salesman this year like circuit rider kind of a vibe i i you're getting closer um my the whole the whole idea i came up with it's actually part a cool idea part homage to the guy who was actually my best man um we kept referring to ourselves as outlaw preachers uh, just because we don't fit any kind of stereotype for normal preachers. And so um, I came up with Josiah Hickman, the outlaw preacher. And I, every time I imagined him, I imagined him part biker, part preacher. And so it's really cool because he's coming together and I already have people who want to help me put together a costume for him because I wanted to unveil him this year. But I'm a firm believer in the go big or go home mentality. And I could not go big this year with the wedding so close and all that. I could not go big. And so he went home. But next year, he's going he's gonna to show up. And it's really funny because in the process of doing this, I came up with an idea. Um, I, I, I figured that while Josiah himself would kind of ride alone, I figured he'd want to have like kind of be be part of something bigger than just himself. And so I've kind of created this this mythological order, like almost like a a monastic order that doesn't take the vows so seriously. Um and I, I, I've referred to it as the Order of Melchizedek. And I literally have people I, I said jokingly that I want to come up with a logo and I want to make a patch that I can put on on his outfit. And as soon as I said this, I had half a dozen people said, oh, man, if you do this, I want one and I will I will I will put it on my costume and I will totally represent as a brother or sister in the order of Melchizedek. And so we're actually going to have like a handful of these outlaw preachers walking around the steampunk world's fair next year. I am bound and determined to make this happen. Very cool. The game store profits at the world's fair. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. I'm really I'm really looking forward to what I'm gonna do with this costume. I really hope that I can pull it together. Uh, the important thing that I've discovered is is that lacking any kind of costuming talent myself, I surround myself with people who are amazing at it. 
And so, uh, yeah, so I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, I already have a couple little pieces that I'm excited about, like a little box where I'm going to carry uh, a Bible and and a gun. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm really excited about what Josiah's going to look like, and I can't wait to bring him out next year. Very cool. Well, sounds like it was a, uh, a good time. It was. It was a blast. So yeah, you were having all sorts of fun while I was gone too with your guest host. I was very excited when I, yeah. I listened to it. I listened to it before we we went out. Uh, Susan and I we got married on Saturday, but we didn't want to rush out. We didn't want to worry about like quick traveling, so we didn't leave for our honeymoon uh, until Tuesday. So Monday came, and I'm like, oh look, Game Store Profits is out, and it's not with me. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it was really cool. I really liked what you guys were doing, and it was fun that, that uh, your buddy Mike, who kind of replaced me, which is fun because I love the, the fact that the episode got titled Backup Mike. But, it, you know, it really, it really hit me, like, the responsibility that we kind of have. Like, we have people listening to us. When he started talking, like, I feel like I know Mike. I'm like, wow. Like, that happens. <laughs> Yeah, People you know, actually I, I've been actually pretty us. excited about. We've had so many uh, cool fans who've become sort of part of the community, and are and more people sort of join up every week. And uh, you know, this has been a, a, a slow burn, which has been an interesting thing. Uh, you know, I've hosted other podcasts that that had sort of a built-in audience, right. and this is something different. You know what I mean? It's like we are we're out there trying to find the oddball that kind of fits this weird little world that we live in. Because and, we're the oddballs who fit. Hey, I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, s- sort of slowly but surely, these folks are showing up. And I think that's really, really cool. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun to, to hang out with Mike. I've known Mike for a really long time. And uh, to be able to chat about the things that uh, are of interest to us. You know, man, you're uh, you're kind of newlywed at the beginning of that process. Just yesterday, I celebrated my 14th anniversary. I know, I saw that up so, on your Facebook. Very excited for you guys. So yeah, definitely, uh, you know, kind of a different vibe, being able to talk about the kids and, and how we are engaging with uh, our geekiness from that perspective, uh, from the uh, passing it on to the next generation perspective. So yeah, I really enjoyed him being on the show. He did a really good job. Yeah, absolutely. I also saw a picture, speaking of things I saw on Facebook, I also saw a wicked good picture of you... Uh, Carving up some meat in your fat of the land outfit there. Oh uh, yeah, I'm so thrilled for Becky to put it up there. I'm thank you, Becky. I appreciate it. Uh yeah, she. Uh, so I am okay. Look, I'm feeding a lot of people at these events. <laughs> it, it's not like you know you're watching uh, Rachel Ray on the Food Network. Okay, this is work, man. This is like hard labor. Uh, I'm sweating. I'm hot. I'm working like crazy to get these 50 people filled fed and as it happens one of my friends shows up at this event and she's like hey i'm gonna take some pictures of you and put them on the internet and um there you go so yes there are some fairly wild pictures of me looking like i am uh carving up a a piece of beef sort of uh psycho killer style and uh but it's a lot of fun the the crowd really enjoyed the food so that uh, that's what makes me happy and these these crazy pictures of you carving up meat. You also have the world's largest smile across your face, like you're having a blast. So yeah, well, it's Just... something of a maniacal smile, but uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So Luke, and uh, speaking every... of tomorrow, I leave uh, I leave for Napa to go and uh, take some more classes on cutting up pigs. 
Outstanding. Ah, I love my life. I really do. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think it's, I think it's cool. I'm also, uh, on my way up, gonna stop off. You know, you were talking about your, uh, your abilities there with costuming and mentioned that she had, you know what, man? The lack I, I, thereof. <laughs> I, yeah, but you know what? I have a, a new philosophy I'm trying to, uh, trying to engage, and that is, Try something you're really crappy at, <laughs> and see how that goes. So uh, yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be fun, and uh, uh, you know. But uh, I've been also busy doing geeky things the last couple of weeks. I will tell you what, though, the vast majority, say ninety seven percent of that geeky things, has been occupied by one thing. What's that? Clicking, 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 clicking. Oh, you're playing Diablo. Demons. I'm playing Diablo. Still. Still. How long has it been out now? Like a month? And I'm still playing obsessively. And by the way, I'm only on the second difficulty. And you want to know what? It's hard. They said it was supposed to be. Okay. I'm going to say something that might make people angry. Ready? Video games are freaking easy. Yeah. They're way too easy. Right? I mean, okay, maybe like... uh. What was that game? Dark Souls? Okay, that was hard. But by and large, games are easy. This, playing through, normal difficulty. Oh, hey, this is fun. No problem. Yada, yada, yada. You get to nightmare difficulty, and it's like, oh, you died. Oh, you died again. Oh, dip, 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 died. And it's just (laughs) brutal. Just brutal. To the point where you're like, full on, like, you know, clutching at the keyboard and mouse, fully, like, hunched over, engaged with the screen, like, ah, pressing buttons, and, and uh, you know, desperately trying to defeat these purple bosses, and, uh, ah, it's so much fun. Alright, so what, what, what class did you pick? Oh, oh, come on now. I'm a demon hunter, you know it. Give me hey. some ranged weapons. Give me some jumpy hidey ranger skills. I don't want to assume, I don't want to assume. Though I will probably, I do want to try a like a monk, maybe a melee fighter, just because I I think that that the gameplay between the ranged fighter and the melee fighter has got to be like night and day different. Oh yeah, I I will say obviously, like I said, the last time we were talking about Diablo is that um, due to a couple different reasons, I did not buy it. I have no intention of buying it. Uh, in one and two, though. Uh, I don't remember if he, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't remember if he was available in one. The Barbarian is my favorite class to play. Yeah, I played the Barbarian I love, in two. And there was I something like him. a Barbarian in one. I don't think they call them the Barbarian, but he was a fighter or something. Yeah, I, I think lines. he had a different name in one, but in two they called him the Barbarian, and it was yeah. fitting, and it was gorgeous. Um, I love just slaughtering my way through dungeons. Now, I certainly would never want to try to influence you in a negative direction. So I'm not doing that. But for people who are interested and who might want to know, and especially our audience, um, this version of Diablo is way, way less arcane and dark than the earlier versions. Really? By the look of the trailer, it looked like it was more so. I know. They definitely tried to. It is a little bit more gruesome, just because they have better graphics. But there is very little, I mean, you are still dealing with the Lords of Hell, but it is very much less about 
that sort of super dark story that there was in especially Diablo 2 where you had the guy who was basically absorbing Diablo. Right. Um this is much more about the characters in the story and about their relationships and and their uh their allegiances and things like that. Um Tyrael uh spoiler Tyrael uh becomes human. Really? Yes. And so it is very much more about um the humans and about their interaction and because you have this set of three followers you get sort of a bioware-esque relationship with these followers uh and so that's a lot of the story going on um it really just is more story driven i think than that sort of arcane mystery driven it's just a little bit more mature i think and mature not in the adult sense but mature more in the progressed and and filled up sense. Hmm. Good to know. I will have to ask though, Luke, have you found any shinies that you've sold for real money? Uh, the real money auction house is not available. And in fact, the auction really? house is only available when the, uh, the hamsters running the servers are feeling energetic. Uh, there are still a lot of problems. I about to say, I, I know I didn't see all of them because I wasn't playing, but there's, like there are epic level error messages that are apparently the internet loves to scream about. Well, and every time they patch, it seems like it goes bad again. Mm. Um, you know, for example, the other day, I wasn't even able to get past the patcher. It just was like, oh, you're screwed. And I didn't, I, I had to come back just like the next day. And eventually it started working again, but it wasn't even giving me an error message. It was just freezing out. And, that's very unblizzard like. It is. Most of the they time usually... they'll let you play, but you know, maybe not have the best quality of play, but you'll be able to get in. This is uh, this is not working. The something is really wrong with the auction house. I don't know. I don't I haven't really done all that much research into the into what's going on there, but like they've they've shut down basically all non-weapon auctions. Mm. So uh, jewels are obvi- are still a key component in the game, uh, just like they were in, in Diablo 2, where you could take, you know, multiple chip jewels and throw them in the Herodric cube and and turn them into a better jewel. Right. That that uh, gameplay mechanic is still there. It's a little bit different how you do it, but basically it's still there. Uh, but you can't buy and sell jewels, hmm. uh, and so you have to. You have to find them, which is fine. It's just a, a slow process, and if there's going to be an auction house there, you want to be able to use it. Uh, you know, it, it is very much like in WoW. You're like, well, hey, I, I want this thing. I don't really want to go farm, so I'm going to go and just buy all the reagents to make whatever this is. Right. Uh, and you can't do that right now in Diablo. Um, I've got to say, other than the drop-in, drop-out co-op, which is amazing... Uh, the whole auction house thing for me at the moment just seems u- useless. Uh, in part because the the truth of the matter is people level so fast in this game that you don't want to spend gold, and, and and you're I mean you're getting loot all the time. Right. There's no reason well, it, to spend gold until you're getting toward the really great stuff. Right, it's Diablo. Of, Diablo is kill something, it drops right. something. Kill it, something, it, it drops a, something. It's a loot slot machine, right? Right. And the thing is, is that nobody's at endgame yet. It's such a tiny percentage of people. I'm only on the second of four difficulties, and I'm getting schooled. 
Right. And I've put a lot of time into this. The cool thing is, though, you really do feel like you improve in skill. And that's cool. There's not too many video games where you feel like you improve in skill. I think about, like, the Batman games. Those games, for me, I really felt like I tangibly figured with my hands became better at moving Batman around and doing combos uh, and cool stuff. Especially with the, uh, with, uh, Arkham city with the, Oh my goodness, please make it stop Riddler challenges. <laughs> I hated those things. Yeah. I don't, I, I think I did maybe like 10% of those. Riddler oh challenges. my, Oh my goodness. There's like, like take your batarang and swing it around three buildings in order to hit this other thing, but you have to do it within a second of touching this one. Oh my goodness. Well, and all of the, like, fly-through-the-ring things, anytime I'm asked to fly through rings, I try not to do it. Right. I just, I, you know, I don't like it. it. The only game that I have fun doing that in is uh, the Snoopy Red Baron game. Nice. Because I have, like, such a deep love for Snoopy the Red and the Red Baron. It is uh, amazing. Way back in the day, I don't know, do you remember this? I think it was on Atari. There was a Snoopy Red Baron game where you were Snoopy flying around in the little house trying to take out the Red Baron. Oh my goodness, yes! That was amazing. (laughs) And, you know, it's one of those games where I look back on as, you know, my, and I know what it looked like. Right, I've gone and looked. I've gone to like, you know, Wikipedia pages and stuff like that to go find this game and to look at screenshots. But in my mind, it did not look that way. In my mind, it was fully rendered, looked oh, like yeah. a a a Charles Schultz drawn cartoon. And you can't take that memory away from me. I don't care what it actually looked like. Right. That's how it looked in my kid brain. So yeah, I love that. So the Xbox Live downloadable uh, Snoopy and the Red Baron, a lot of fun. And uh, in fact, I spent quite a long time killing uh, Kevin McGill, my co-host on uh, Guys Can Read, when he came to visit. <laughs> oh, speaking of Guys Can Read, I'd like to take a, a brief moment to defend myself. I didn't say Reemdy was awful. I said uh, Reem- You were pretty harsh on Reemdy. <laughs> Okay, let's give some let's give some credence to people who aren't our crossover fans, but though crossover fans, we especially love you. Um, I, Luke read a book by Neil Stevenson called Reemdy, and he told me that it was a book that involved a uh, an MMO and about a guy who was like a drug runner who turned into a CEO and and or the Russian mob. And I'm like, this sounds great, so I have to get this. I I yeah, I was listening on audiobook, and about four hours in, which was the first four-hour stint of, like, six four-hour stints that I was going to be going through. And, uh, yeah, I just got lost. I absolutely got lost. But it's a great... The story is great. It's just... It's, like, six great stories. I I completely agree with you there. (laughs) It is is a honker, but that's what Neil Stevenson does. I use the Cryptonomicon to chase off thieves, so... There you go. But, uh, okay, that, I just had to throw that out but, there, because hey, I, I heard of, you got... Speaking of Guys Can Read, we have kind of a a Guys Can Read story today. I almost want to I almost want to do, like, an old-school, like, moment of silence, because, I mean, come on, man, he's, he's gone. <laughs> so, folks, last night, uh, when we were recording this, at least, Ray Badbury passed away. 
And uh, for those who don't know, because I actually have come across quite a few people who don't know uh, today. Which, which is a, a wrong that needs to be righted. He uh, he is a science fiction author. Uh, one of the greats, Fahrenheit 451, The Illustrated Man, uh, The Martian Chronicles, and um, I think about 27 other things. Yeah. Uh, and he passed away. And I think uh, one of the things we were saying, Mike, before the show is that he really does, to me at least, represent one of the last, or maybe the last, of that great generation of science fiction writers who were writing in the 50s and 60s. The, and, the old guard of truly great science fiction writers. Right, and, and the guys who gave us really the foundation of the genre. Oh, and, yeah. And these great science fiction stories that, at the time at least were much more literary, much more socially conscious than a lot of the science fiction stories we have now. Not that that's bad, but uh, these were guys who were writing to say something. And, you know, obviously Fahrenheit 451, so much that I think most kids in school read Fahrenheit 451. I did. I did. Um, and so that says something. I, I mean, you know, I don't picture too many science fiction authors today Getting read in schools. No. Even even your Asimovs and, and guys like that, I, I wouldn't see in too many classrooms. But Ray Bradbury wrote, he wrote that. I I, uh, I believe it was also for a school assignment that I read uh, Dandelion Wine, which is another one of his. I uh, The Martian Chronicles was a, was a required reading for me. I mean, he was all over my... my uh, English education. Well, you definitely went to a cool school. I, I try. You know, but this, this I, it really does, to me, mark kind of an end of the era. And I think that's why maybe so, so many of us have, have really been like, wow, kind of hit, you know? It, oh, I was, I was floored. I, I read that, and I was just like, it was, I, like, more often than not, like, I'll hear somebody die, and I go, oh, that's really a shame. Like, wow, they were really talented. I read, I was at work, and I read, uh, a th- I just read the headline that he had died, and I was, I was blasted by it, and it was really interesting, because I had, I have a CD of, of, uh, readings that Neil Gaiman wrote, that he did, uh, he and Amanda Palmer went up and down the West Coast, and I got the CD. And one of the CDs is him reading, and one of the th- one of the tracks on that CD is him reading a piece that he wrote to Ray Bradbury for Ray Bradbury's ninety first birthday. And it's it's literally a piece about how if we don't continue to read these books, if we don't continue to remind ourselves of the works that these people create, we forget them. And. It, he wrote that on literally Ray Bradbury's last birthday, and I was I was listening to it, and I almost teared up because I'm just like, wow, this is, I mean, it's an end of an era, right? I really do. I think it it is. We don't have science fiction, maybe fantasy, maybe a little tiny bit of fantasy, but we really don't have that science fiction that you can call literature. I call it right. literature. But most of the people out there don't. And and that's a shame, you know. So often as geeks, one of the things that we miss is that ability to, to cross over into the mainstream culture. And to be able to speak to the mainstream culture. Now I get you. 
literature is not really speaking to the mainstream culture at the moment. Uh, but we we miss that. I'm I'm gonna miss that. Um, you know, and actually, uh, I realized other than Fahrenheit 451, where I've spent uh, the most time with Ray Bradbury, and it is in uh, old school radio theater. Mm, absolutely. Uh, stuff like X minus one and um, whatever the show X minus one was before it was called X minus one. I can't remember at the moment. Uh, but did a lot of uh, Ray Bradbury stuff because uh, he did a lot of shorts. Um, a lot of his work, uh, The Illustrated Man, that uh, is probably one of his more popular works, was just a, a collection of shorts that weren't really even all that uh, tied together other than maybe thematically. And uh, so a lot of those shorts got translated into the audio format. And they're available for free, by the way. You can go find them um, at places. <laughs> places, you know, uh, people give them away. Yeah, well, uh, what is it? The, the, the Internet Archive uh, has a lot of them there. Now, I, I absolutely fell in love with The Illustrated Man. I... I kind of read it when I was younger, like I skimmed through it, and I read it like most kids read required reading, even though The Illustrated Man wasn't required for me. Um, there were individual moments that I remember reading as a kid, but going through it again as an adult, and I'm, I'm listening, because I, I got an audiobook, which made it both you know truly amazing, and uh, at the same time, it was just like I felt like I was immersed in these stories. Um, it... I was floored by each and every one of them, and then to tie it all together by, uh, for those of you who haven't read it, each each uh, short story is a, a thing unto itself. They're not connected. There's no you know running theme, you know running uh, character between them. But at the same point, they're all tied together because each story is being told by a narrator who is basically watching as these stories unfold in the living tattoos on this guy he's talking to. And there is a theme towards the end, and you do get to tie everything together, and there is a moment where the illustrated man and the narrator kind of come together. But uh, each individual story, in and of itself, it, it ranges from super creepy to this is the very nature of man to I you... You just find yourself being engrossed in these stories. And, and Luke, I got to tell you, particularly fitting for, for us in our discussion is one of them where these guys land on a planet and they meet the locals on this planet only to find out that they pretty much are a day after Christ left. Like, they, he, they never outright say that he was Jesus, but basically from what everyone says... This guy shows up and then he ascends and he's gone. And you you basically get the understanding that this, they were literally days away from from seeing Jesus. But the one guy, there's one guy who gets really humbled by this and wants to know more about what he said. And the other guy goes insane because all he can think about is getting him. Mm. And all he can all he can figure out is I have to go to the next planet because he might show up there. And I have to chase him to the next planet because he might show up there. And he, he goes absolutely stark raving mad trying to find Jesus when the guy who stays and sits there and talks with these people and, and becomes part of this community, he actually kind of gets the, the point of it. And I I heard that for the first time and I was I I didn't know how to react. 
I listened to it two and three times before I really could di- digest what I was listening to. It is such a great story. It, I the day that I that I found out that, that Bradbury died, I immediately reloaded up my my copy of the Illustrated Man and listened to it because it's just such a great piece of, of work. And Ray Bradbury definitely was one one of my favorite authors. He's just an amazing man who's amazingly talented, and the world is slightly darker because of his presence not being here anymore. Uh, I've just been amazed by I I looked up a whole bunch of Ray Bradbury. Ray Bradbury quotes, um, not just from his books, but just him himself, and the wisdom that this man had, and the things that he says. Like I, I just posted one as I was thinking about it, um, because of the fact that I fancy myself a writer and I, I'm a creator of stories. I, I, I'm always looking for different kind of writing advice and things about how you make it happen. So, I uh, I found this one where, where Bradbury said, Find out what your hero or heroine wants, and when he or she wakes up in the morning, just follow him or her all day. Hmm. That That's his advice. It's like, like you, you find out what your hero wants, and then just watch him go through it. And it, it's... It, it's so great because it, it's both writing advice and it's the idea of being of putting yourself into story that that you are there that you are present with the hero as he's going through his stuff and I'm just like there's so much amazingness in this short little quote but oh I yeah I'm still getting choked up about mm-hmm. it well we had a, a, a giant leave us. We also had this week, um, arguably, a less stellar presentation of geek culture, and uh, that is E3, the uh, the electronic uh, something expo, um, and it uh, the the video game show, uh, video game shows, and uh, they're kind of in the middle of it. But uh, the big three, Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo, have done their presentations, and uh, Mike, I think you summed it up very nicely. As I looked at everything that was being announced and all the stories that were coming out of it, uh, between articles that are being written by people who are there, and even even my Facebook lit up with people who are either directly related to video games, or who are just super passionate about it even more than I am, and everyone was saying the same thing. There's a lot of gimmicks and a lot of of sequels and reboots of things that probably shouldn't be rebooted. There's literally only one or two new uh, ideas that are coming out. Everything else is a sequel that they're just cranking out another one. Yeah, and uh, you know it is it is really a shame. Um, now, okay, so there there is an argument that says why this is. Well, a couple. One, obviously. There are established franchises, and sure, I guess people will give money for the fourth version of uh, an established franchise. Also, right. our our boxes are getting old. Mm-hmm. And so who wants to come along and create a new IP for a box that's going to be gone next that year? With, yeah, within the next couple of years will be absolutely obsolete. Right. And so those those are good arguments and they're hard to art 
they're hard to talk down, but still, just as a as a measuring post of our culture, it it really is a shame. I and mean, when we have The Last of Us, if you are a, a PlayStation owner, um, we have Beyond, and we do have games that are doing interesting things. I think of um, Bioshock Infinite. At least they that's the same world, but it doesn't feel like the same world. Right. Uh, so I mean, there is there is some of that stuff happening. Um, you, like you said, there's a lot of reboots happening. Um, but I, if you notice, a lot of the reboots uh, just sort of die on the vine. Uh, we're still waiting on Mech Warrior. Uh, you know, we're. I don't think X uh, XCOM is ever going to find its way into a good place. Uh, XCOM is kind of like what what Duke Nukem used to be. It's getting there. It was the the ever-promised but never-delivered game. It it is getting there. Um, And so I think that's that's just a big shame. And, you know, it's it's interesting as we kind of go through this episode. Oh, wait, well, before we kind of get to that point, let's talk about the Wii U. Okay. Tell me what you think about the Wii U. I don't care about the Wii U. Okay. (laughs) Tell me why you don't care about the Wii U. First off, are you a Wii fan in general? Uh, you know, not especially. I think, I think conceptually I'm a fan of the Wii. It's just, other than Mario Kart, I've never found a Wii game that really excites me. Okay. Uh, mostly because I'm sick and tired of yet another Zelda game. And, no. and <laughs> if there is a, uh, an IP that has been done, 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 it is Zelda, though we like Zelda, so. No, I, I, I don't fault anyone for liking it. It's just I can't do it again. <laughs> it, you know, it's you know, it's gotten to the point where it's like link insert two words and we're doing this again. Like oh, the Twilight Princess, Link right. to the Past, Ocarina of Time, yada yada, yada yada, you get a horse in this one, there's an obnoxious fairy in this one. I don't care. I've lost it. <laughs> well, and you know what? I think there are a lot of people who are starting to push back a little bit. I can't believe how much negative opinion I've heard about Halo 4. And oh, this yeah. is not the this is not trolls, okay? Look, there are always trolls, whatever. I don't listen, right? But this is legit guys who are saying, "You know what? I don't think this is going to go." And not just because it's a different team, but because do I really need to do the same thing again for another 60 bucks? I don't think <laughs> so. I really don't. We, look, I still say for the last couple of years, my favorite gaming experience was Red Dead Redemption. Because, An amazing game. Because how often are we in the Old West? I, I will tell you, I am looking forward to Assassin's Creed because I think the whole Assassin's Creed in the like revolutionary war thing that's amazing i, am, I don't care I, I don't even care about the assassin's creed part i just want the revolutionary war stuff that's cool i'm curious about the revolutionary war stuff about the the whole native american thing going on the fact that uh one of the the weapons rather than being one of the stealthy knives and everything like that one of the weapons is a tomahawk like i'm i'm in, i'm curious about well and that. they showed a lot of caribbean uh, levels this time around uh, and right. when I, I was actually just kind of looking at the screen wasn't really paying attention to what people were saying in the background and I looked up and I said that is a cool looking pirate game what is that and I saw it was Assassin's Creed and I was like okay that's that's awesome 
Um, So that's what I want, man. I want people to take us to different places. I mean, I get that sometimes the input and the things that we're doing with our hands are going to be fairly similar. But I want different stories. I want different places. I don't want to keep reading the same book over and over again. And I don't want to keep playing the same game over and over again. Uh, But as for Wii U... I don't know, man. Uh, But, okay, so Wii is doing it. Um, I think... uh, I I forget which one it is, but either Sony or Microsoft has this thing they call... uh, What was it? Magic Glass? Where you can use... uh, It's it's, uh, Microsoft. Where you can use, like, an iPad or an Android tablet as an interface with your Xbox playing games. Right. Um, And so a lot of people have this sort of tabletized... Uh, input system for games. Does that interest you? No. See, I I, I had somebody make this comparison and I have to agree with it. I remember, it's just a gimmick to me. I remember back in the days of the Dreamcast and the Dreamcast controllers that you'd get a memory card. And what the memory card was, was it wasn't just a memory card. You had a little video display on your memory card. Now, granted, this was years ago, so it wasn't like you're having the crystal clear display that you have now. But it was basically the same idea. Like, depending on what game you plugged in there, it showed you something. And sometimes the game specifically used that. You know what happened? The Dreamcast died because it was a gimmick. Well, I mean, and it's the, uh, it's the, the, uh, whatever the thing called, the DS, it wasn't the DS, the Game Boy 3D, uh, right. Rob, does anybody remember Rob from the, Rob uh, the, the robot, the NES, uh, the Power Glove, dude, no, I remember no one when should, one of my friends got no the Power one should Glove, ever... I thought he was the most amazing kid ever. I had a Power Glove, and even I'm gonna tell you it was the lamest thing ever. <laughs> uh, you know, so much of this, look, uh, I don't know, maybe the next generation is going to love this stuff, but just put a controller in my hands, please. Or I'll tell you what, even a mouse and keyboard. Because I still, to this day, sit down at a keyboard and I don't put my hands at, you know, whatever appropriate QWERTY position is. I put my hands at WSAD. W, yep. You know, my three fingers lock down right there and my right hand goes to the mouse every time I sit down at a computer. Um, you know, I, I mean, I guess maybe they need to reach out, but it just doesn't, it doesn't interest me at all. Uh, I bought a Wii. I have a Wii. There's no way I'm buying a Wii U unless it, something amazing happens. I will tell you, I am looking forward to the next Xbox. Whatever they do, I'm ready for a upgrade. Now, I, I think it'll be interesting to see. I, I've, honestly, I've heard about the Wii U because you can't avoid that one. I've heard about what what PlayStation's doing with whatever they're calling it, like Orbis or whatever they're trying to call it, other than PlayStation 4. And um, I haven't heard anything about the new Xbox. I haven't, and I'm really curious as to what they're going to do. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, my guess is it's going to be a, a very Microsoft thing. It's going to be a, a powerful machine that comes out, and that's that. Yeah. I hope I hope that's what it is. I don't I don't care about social. I don't. It's nice to be able to watch Netflix. None of that stuff matters to me. I have real computers for that kind of thing. Right. I don't I don't need it out of my game box. I need games out of my game box. Well, especially now, I mean, the whole bit like, yeah, you get to watch Netflix through your Xbox. I go, yeah, I can do that through my TV now. Right. 
My TV has Wi-Fi enabled and I can liter- and has Netflix built into it. We're getting to an age where that's not going to cut it anymore. Are, so are, why are we still are doing redundant. it? What they have that nobody else has is games. What do you know? Right. All right, Luke. I want I want you to 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 do what you do so well and, right. and to to spin this. Okay, I can do that because we're we're getting we're getting to the point that we're we're wrapping up this episode and we're fastly coming across the time frame. I want I want you to do what you do to take this mass of stuff that we just kind of kind of dumped on here, and I want you to tell bring forth the godly perspective All right. All on right. this. Here one. we go. Are you ready for it? I'm looking forward to it. So we have you going to the Steampunk World Fair. Mm-hmm. We have the death of Ray Bradbury, mm-hmm. and we have the disappointment that, for me at least, has been E3 this right. year. We are geeks, and it used to be there was a time when people like Ray Bradbury took their geekiness and said things. They made things. They did things like creating steampunk preachers who were going to go to conventions and share the word of God. Or you can just keep doing what you're doing and make another sequel and say the message the same way. No, get creative. Love what you love and figure a way to to use that as a powerful method to communicate the love of the of God, you know, to communicate the gospel. I, you know, I love what you're thinking about doing with this preacher, man. That is amazing. I love it because because you're communicating the gospel. That's that's awesome. But I also love it because you're doing something that you love and you're so passionate about. And you're going to put together this persona and you're going to build or acquire all of the parts for it. And people are already getting excited about that just because the idea. You haven't even done anything yet and people are getting excited and want to join in. Dude, it was so cool too. I didn't I didn't mention this at first. Um the last day the the Steampunk World's Fair goes Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And uh Sunday is a really cool day for at least for the past couple of years because I've taken a couple youth group kids with me and one of the kids last year came up with the idea that we should get up all our gear together, we should get in costume and then go to church because we have an early morning service on on Sunday go to the early service in our steampunk gear. So that's cool. We we have a, t- a ton of fun doing that, but we I get to the World's Fair this year and due to partly due to the message and and really just God speaking to me that morning, I just had this idea. I'm like I want to throw God, I know there are believers here. I've met several of them. I've talked with several of them. I want to do a Bible study at the World's Fair. Nothing like hardcore crazy, but just I want to spend some time in the Word of God at the World's Fair. And so I found myself leading a Bible study for a pirate airship crew on Sunday afternoon at the World's Fair. And some of them looked at me like, why are we doing this? Why why are we sitting here listening to this? But there were at least a handful of them that were really listening to me and really were digging what I had to say. And it was cool just because I'm sitting there going, I go, who who would have thought that that on Friday I'd show up dressed like a dressed up like a traveling salesman, and then on Sunday I'd be preaching the word of God to a bunch of airship pirates. Well, you, you nailed it. <laughs> you nailed it. Who would have thought? 
you know what? Everybody out there listening to this show, you can go about your day-to-day and do it just exactly the same as you always would. And nobody's going to fault you. Or you could do something where who would have thought? You know, you can go and do something creative as an act of worship. Whatever it is in your world that you like doing. If, if it's like building something with Legos, build something with Legos. If it's writing a computer program, write a computer program. If it is dressing up like uh, a Victorian uh, lady, dress up like a Victorian lady. Unless you're a guy, that's a little weird. But go out there and do something creative and do it not just to have fun, but do it to have fun while worshiping God as an act of evangelism, as an act of worship, and just see, because you never know who would have thunk it. Yeah, if there's one thing I've discovered, it's it's the idea that that uh, God has created all of us the way we are because no one of us can reach all of us. That we are so vastly different and so widespread that there's no one of us with all the gifts and all the talents and even all the means to reach everyone. Like, if you threw me in an office building and said, preach the word of God, I would be so out of place Amen, there. brother. Amen. I have no business going to, like, a, you know, Christian businessman's organization and, and doing a, a little devotion. Talking about I, Jesus and synergy. Yeah, I, I have no place there. I know people who do really well in that environment. I am not that guy. Likewise, you take that guy and put him in the Steampunk World's Fair, and he's going to explode. Whereas I'm going to sit there and go, this is great. Bring me pirates. Bring me wenches. Bring me everyone, and I will tell them about Jesus as I show them I, I, I love them because God loved them first. This is where I live. This is where I thrive. And it's just, it's so amazing to me, the, the whole idea of the body of Christ, because. Yeah, because each one of us is different, yet each one of us comes together to do something amazing in the name of God. And that Mm. is so cool when you get to see that come together, when you get to see that work the way it's supposed to. It's just such a cool thing. Now, folks, before we go, I do have a question for you. I want to throw something out there because it's a question that's been asked of us a lot of times over the last 24 episodes. We have a lot of folks asking us to major a little bit more on the spiritual content. And uh, we, we kind of have fallen into this format with the last few minutes talking about spirituality. I'd love to know, we'd love to know, what do you think? Do you want us to go deeper into biblical teaching? Or are you happy with us talking about geeky things? How should we arrange that? Uh, we don't have an agenda here. We're just having fun doing this show. And as more and more of you come out of the woodworks, like we said at the beginning of this episode, we want to hear from you. We want to know what you need to support your walk in Christ and your geeky passions. And so talk to us on Facebook, send us emails, hit us up on Twitter. uh, Let us know. We are listening. Yeah, we have always said since the beginning that if it's just Luke and I talking over the wonder that is the interwebs, that that, that this is going to fail. Not because we're not having fun or not because there aren't people listening, 
but because it's purposeless. It's it's mindless entertainment if we don't have anything going on from you guys, if it's not having that impact that we want it to have, that we really think it can have. Because Luke and I didn't do this just to give us something to do. Trust me, both of us have way more to do than we want to have to do. Uh, both of us would rather be playing video games than doing all this work. But... Really, we want we we did this because we know that there are people out there that are just like us, that are trying to understand God, that are trying to understand how he functions, what he wants, what he expects of us, in the same uh, vibe as they are trying to figure out, you know, isn't this technology cool, or I'm really passionate about this, and I love gaming, and all this other stuff. It, it, it's coming up at the same time in these people's lives, and we want to show how they jive together, not how they separate. But we want to know how that affects you guys. If there are topics you want, you know, we've been kind of calling out at the end of these episodes. If there's something that you guys want us to address, we would be happy to do so. We're just kind of riffing on what we see in the, in the day-to-day, both in our own spiritual walks and in what's happening in geek culture. Um we definitely want to hear from you guys because our 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 goal, our job, and really our joy is to help you guys to to know that there are people out there that are listening to what we have to say, and and we really want to speak to you. So please get in touch with us. Let us know so that we can speak more directly into what you guys want. Absolutely. So, Mister Perna, yes, sir. The wedding is done. Not it that is. you know. That first couple of weeks of marriage are simple, but assuming you may have a little bit more time in your future, how can folks find out a little bit more about you? Uh, the big ways are going to be on TinkerStory.com, which is my pretty much my archive of all things Tinker, which is a story that, that kind of got me situated into steampunk and why I love it as much as I do. Uh, you can also find me at Perception Check. That's Perception-Check.com. I swear... Now that the, the, the wedding has happened and I'm back, it, I will start writing more in that. It's just been it's been rough with the schedules and everything like that. Uh, you can also find me uh, on on Twitter at either Shadow of Cyrano for my own personal day-to-day stuff or as Von Clockwork, which is my, uh, my favorite little steampunk robot. And if you email us at GameStoreProfits at gmail.com, I'm the guy who answers that. Luke, how can people get in touch with you? You can follow me on Twitter at Luke Navarro or at Fat of the Land, F-A-T-T-A-T-H-E-L-A-N-D. At the moment, uh, I kind of don't have too much web presence. Uh, That is intentional. Uh, I needed uh, a little bit of quiet in my life. But I'll tell you what, if you contact me, if you hit me up in Twitter, if you send something to us through uh, our Facebook page or through our website, or through Guys Can Read at guyscanread.com or facebook.com slash guyscanread. I promise you I will get back to you. Uh, I will connect with you. Uh, so there are ways, even though the websites are, aren't there anymore. Uh, to get more information about this show, go to gamestoreprofits.com. Or even better, I think, head over to our Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash gamestoreprofits. We'd love to we- hang out with you. Yeah, we absolutely adore our Facebook page. Because Post it on gives our us... wall, send us messages, ask us questions, complain about stupid stuff we do. We really want to hear from you. We have so much fun interacting with the folks that have, have started to pop up on our Facebook fan page. Uh, we just have, have so much, so many great little opportunities 
to share with you guys and to hear what you have to say. It ranges from the stupid to the profound, and we really hope that you would join us there. And as always, as you go out and as you do something creative to worship God, remember that God is the Game Master, and no matter how those dice fall, the game plays on.